The greatest problem in this world is that people are too f***ing scared to be themselves. Scared of what others think. Why? Because society made you fit into a tiny little box. You know what time it is. It's the really amazing intro. Yay! Never get bored of that. That's so good. Do you stop it or does that when is that when it stops? No, it just stops like that. Like it's like a two. Oh, awesome. Why do you think it should be longer? <laughs> I feel like no, longer no, than I... I sit there like this is awful. Please stop. <laughs> dying it's dying a slow death. <laughs> it's just funny. It's just like, and like it yeah. just like stops. The suddenly. end. That's it. Well, it's yeah. like a nice little kind of movement of us into the into the episode. A little bit. Of, it's better than you know, like some of those uh, spiritual podcasts you hear, and it's like. Duh, duh. Mm. music and i'm like oh I want, I want something to like hype me up well you're in you know, you're in our yeah exactly <laughs> this is perfect for you yeah so how is how is ibiza going right now how are you feeling over there it's amazing yeah every time i just walk around i just feel i don't know what it is about this island but <clears throat> everyone who comes here that has a connection to this island they all say the same thing it's just this feeling of that you're meant to be here there's some sense of home here and there's a sense of like belonging here and if you look at the history of Ibiza um I, I read this book and it's really interesting it's like always been this island that's like held space for anybody you know mm. like during the the world wars and stuff a lot of the Jewish people who are fleeing throughout Europe and there's islands nearby like Mallorca and Menorca and they were being persecuted but on Ibiza the people who are the true like residents here were like protecting them. And there's always been this sense of throughout the history of this island, it's it's kind of been this hub. And you just really feel that here. Like whether I spend my life here or not, like who knows? Um, but right now it's like it's the space for me and it's just fulfilling to be here. I've kind of I came here first five years ago and ever since I left in that airport, I was like, I'm coming back here one day. Like I know really? without a doubt that I'm meant to be here. And mm. um the way and obviously which it came around i was like wow the universe is just making it so easy for me to move here like mm. what what's going on and and you can really you can be who you want to be here there's no kind of like judgment to who you want to be there's mm. literally everyone on this island you've got like the yacht crowd and they're like multi-million dollar yachts and then you've got like the chavs from london who are like <laughs> getting fucked up in san antonio you've got the spiritual community you've got everybody here and i like wow. that yeah i like that but everyone who comes and stays even if they're spiritual or not like whatever they're kind of way of looking at the world is there's something that's familiar in all of us where we just kind of want to be ourselves and i think that's mm -hmm. such a drive and a beautiful feeling to have here mm, that's awesome and you said there's a big spiritual community there hey yeah in the north there's a well there's always something going on there's always something going on and yeah. in the north it's very very kind of community like the campo for example out in the in the country there's like literally like communities of people that live together who are like in this space um, wow. in in the town it's like it's a mix of course so i live in the town it's a big mix but i quite like that i can walk to a cafe i can walk to the gym i can walk like wherever so that's why i live in the town but if you're looking for like to be part of a spiritual community you can just go into the north and there's like 
small yeah. little commune, communes and everything. And so it's like, Love that. whatever you're looking for, it's kind of here, which is nice. Mm, um, yeah. I quite, I quite like the mix. I like not always being around. I like being around lots of different types of people. And I think the town gives that. Yeah. And you're a bit of a traveler, eh? You like love yeah. going traveling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find that with traveling, it, it's like so incredible because it opens you up to so much different, so many different experiences, so many different perspectives. And that just mm-hmm. sort of comes in. Like, I feel like my life changed when I went traveling. Oh, same, same. And yeah. I think, you know, I've traveled so many places, but nowhere's ever felt like this. It's really strange. Mm-hmm. I've always knew I was going to come back here, but the thing that you said about traveling, it opens you up to these new ways of looking at life, right? It builds you mm. as an individual because you start to open your eyes to, even before you see the world with a spiritual perspective, it opens your eyes up to there's more than just this. Yeah, totally. There's more than what you can just see in your little village or your little town yeah. or wherever you're from. There's way more. There's people living totally different lives than you totally different ways of looking at the world like and different perceptions of different experiences and different things that Mm. people are going through and I think that's the beauty of traveling and what about you with your adventures no I I feel that like I I just sort of feel like I I didn't start off spiritual but that's when my spiritual journey began was when I well I my first big trip which was through I went away for two years I was planning Mm -hmm. to travel around the world for a year but I ended up traveling going away for two years and living in Canada for a big portion of it mm. and um it just got that was my spiritual journey that's the start of it but like deepening it but then it was like you just you just become more more compassionate more empathetic you you, you become more kinder and, and I've seen some people that are well traveled right mm-hmm. and they're always they're always the ones that I see them I, I saw this guy once I was like probably a couple of weeks ago, I was climbing up the mountain doing a hike and he was just like, just stopped. It was so lovely, so nice. You could just feel the energy of him. I'm not saying all travelers are like this, but it gives you a well-rounded perspective of life. And one of the things I've been talking a lot about lately with Danielle and just we're talking about like the matrix Mm -hmm. and the matrix of things and like our, our conditioning to like plug us into a system and to keep us just on like this, this, this um what do they call it the 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 rat wheel or what are they, what's that wheel called uh a hamster wheel hamster wheel the hamster wheel you <laughs> know we're just on this hamster rat race rat race hamster wheel same thing <laughs> the rat race hamster wheel the rat wheel it's the now rat. the rat wheel <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah like danielle and i've been talking about this where it's like you know you don't know what else is out there because the people that don't often go out there or they go on their one holiday a year for two weeks Mm. um you get such a limited perspective so everything that's in your environment which you know is thankfully becoming multicultural anyway because of people immigrating and everything are still it's still conditioned to have one major perspective or a perspective Mm. of the two major political parties and that's it so getting out helps you break out of the idea that you're you're alone or you're stuck and that there isn't any other possibility you know i I saw this heaps with i when i when i was 18 my family and everything were in the mining industry so i went into the mining industry Hmm. and i was there for a while 
and that was sort of the way that we made money and that if you you wanted to earn good money you went from you know working your way up the ladder or you got a degree and you and you went higher and higher and higher up to the t- to management and then you could earn good money but it was still a job a job right and you had to mm-hmm. still work for the man you had no independence no freedom but you might have more money but you're still you're still trading your valuable precious time on this earth for money now i'm not saying jobs are bad but there's there's so much limitation in our world when we're stuck in the idea that there's only one trajectory. And mm. so I had to break out of that mining game. And I literally was like working my way out the ladder. I was doing a degree in business management to work up and, and, and hopefully one day become a general manager of a big mining company and hopefully own my own mining company. That was my goals back then. I was ambitious as hell. And then I was like, I had this huge calling, which was like, something in me i had all i had like the setup i I was like 24 24 i was leading a team on a project i just got promoted to like a a supervisor but at the level i was doing it was like a superintendent so i was like i was earning six figures like 150k a year working um monday to thursday and i'd fly up to site come back every Thursday, have a long weekend. I was 24, I was single. I was like living the dream. Something didn't light me up in that. And so I went and was like, was going to the beach one day. I was living in this epic like place in Perth, which is just on the coast. I had my own little apartment, little unit, and go down in the morning, get a coffee, go for an ocean swim. And I was like, what? I literally yelled out loud, what else is out there for me? And, And I was like, why would you say that if you're earning so much money you're working your way up you're young you've got you've got potential like people dream of having that job it just didn't hit me and it just was a feeling right and i ended up getting that was where i decided i I actually after that i had a shower i went and got some breakfast and i was reading a blog on my phone and 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 the blog that came up for the answers you seek go travel the world and it was like this full body full body tingles and i was like I've got to do this. And nine months later, I, I had a, I just take, took all my savings. I saved even more, took all my savings, quit my job and went. And my mum was like, what are you doing? She, she was like, that's the best thing you ever did now. But before, at the time, she's like, don't do that. Course, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to – I had to take courage. And I know you've done something similar, Emma, where you've done something where you had to, you know, show courage to break a loop, break a cycle. Mm-hmm. Always. We've been called to do that consistently throughout our lives, I think. Do you think that there's like layers of the matrix then that you're breaking out of in a way? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point, eh? Um, The layers of the matrix. Mm. Because I think even now I'm still – I think layers of a matrix is the illusion that that you're stuck or the illusion that you're not connected to something greater, the illusion that you do not have any um, ability to influence your reality. Mm-hmm. that your reality is created by the condition perspective that you have based on the generations before you and your life up until now. Because that moment where you question something, the curiosity, what else is out there? It's that curiosity mm-hmm. that really, like they say, curiosity killed the cat. Curiosity breaks that wall down between the illusion, your reality now, and the reality that you're destined to have. Mm-hmm. And it's all belief systems. It's all built on belief systems. Is that the what your beliefs is are. the belief system. Like we create our own matrix in our lives yeah. because we're living from a belief system that doesn't actually make sense to us. 
we live in a belief system that is not built on our truth, but built on our traumas, built on our attachments to our perception of the way that we see the world and the way that others have taught us to see the world in a way. Do you see like, yeah. but breaking out of those perceptions, how did you break out of those perceptions in your life and say, okay, I'm ready to, to open my eyes to something greater? Was it that courage or was it also seeing before experiencing, you know, living in the end of what you were going to experience? You know, it's, it's so bizarre, like, because in that moment, that was the moment that took me out of it. But I've always made decisions that have gone against the grain. Like I made a decision mm-hmm. to leave one of my jobs in New South Wales, which is on the east coast of Australia, to travel back to the west coast of Australia, even though I was, again, working my way up. And it didn't make sense, but I just did it. And I just, I've always followed an instinct. I did the same when I went to Bali. I just followed an instinct. I did the same when I quit mining the second time. And I did the same when I started a business in Canada while I was backpacking and ended up, you know, selling it and making all my money back plus plus more. And like, I've always just followed an instinct, Emma. I think that's the way is like, we, we've got something that's a calling and the courage is listening to that because it opposes popular mm-hmm. opinion around you in your environment right and mm-hmm. like you know when you say you've got levels of the matrix like I, I sort of didn't finish it but what we're saying is like you've got belief systems i've right now i've broken out of the this major belief system that my reality has to be work in the mining industry to be successful work um work certain amount of hours per day like if i can't I have to work hard to make money which is not a truth it's just mm-hmm. a belief because there are a lot of people that can make money without that belief and then now i've got a set of belief systems that have kept my reality even though i, I have broken out of the predominant idea that i'm i'm um stuck i'm now the creator of my reality i see that but i still have belief systems that have limit are limiting me so i've still got to like have the curiosity to push through those mm. and break that down you know who is the instinct? Like, who is that speaking to you, do you think? Or what? Who is the instinct? Hmm. Emma says, who is the instinct? You know, there's so many different f- ideas on this. Hmm. And I've, I've had, like, long, hard, deep conversations about this with friends and, and Danielle. Hmm. But there's the idea you've got the higher self right? The higher self, which is you. And I've met a, I, I interviewed a guy on my podcast. He's actually English, actually. I should mm. introduce you to him. Mm. Um, and he, so Dr. Chris, he's a transpersonal psychologist and he's done like, I can't remember his number of ayahuasca ceremonies, but he's done like a hundred or something, <laughs> something like that. Like he's, and he's, he's like done mushrooms and he's like mm. studying like brain waves and all this. And, he's he did a boga as well he's the one that told me to get onto a boga and which i did Mm. but he he um he had this ayahuasca journey where it was his second last one he met his future self and he's he was telling me this and he goes my future self told me remember chris remember chris remember you Mm. created this you created this in the future. <laughs> you created all of this in the future. You have to remember that you created this. Remember. And he kept saying, remember, remember, remember. So the idea of the instinct in this sense is Chris, and I asked Chris, like, how long in the future do you have an idea? And he goes, I, like, I suspect millions of years in the future. 
Whoa, <laughs> that's trippy. <laughs> so, so it is trippy, right? And I'm like, and this guy studies this shit. Like, mm. he does lucid dreaming with his friend and implants symbols into his friend's dreams, and then they talk about it when they see the symbol. When like, hey, did you put this symbol in my dream? And they're like, they're like, yeah, yeah, I did. And he's like, oh shit, I saw that. And so that's how <laughs> his level, right? And so Whoa. he, I'll connect you with him because I think you mm, you enjoy yeah. it. And he, he um, so from that so from that thing, he goes. I said, well, how 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 far in the future? And he said, I suspect it was million, millions of years in the future. I don't know exactly, but it was a long way. And he was saying that I've created all of this, and all I have to do is remember that I've created all of this, and then this is just the part of it is me remembering it and how to and having the courage, knowing that I created this for me. So who is that person millions year in the future, and what what are they able to do, mm. like? I, I, you know, and that's like, that's pretty crazy, like scary, even for some people like, oh, no, no, I can't handle that. Is it almost like we're not even learning things, we're just remembering things? Yeah, totally. I mean, are we learning or are we just simply recalling the things that we've forgotten? Yeah. Yeah. After that ceremony, that was his second last ceremony. Then Ayahuasca Mm. came to him in the second, in the next one and said, you're done with me. You're done your teachings. Um, and his journey changed because of ayahuasca. Ayahuasca showed him an image in the very beginning and it, and it made sense years and years and years later the image was there in his life. So the exact image he saw in his like second or third ceremony was an, was an exact situation in his life in the future. Mm. And he was like, holy shit, now I get it. It was so, like a symbol for him to like keep diving deeper in a way, like having that vision in that first time was a symbol to keep diving deeper. Right, and so you look at deja vu and signs and synchronicities, right? And so is this just signs and synchronicities, are they just um, flash imprints to say like encouragement, flash reminders to say you're on the path? Are they to say you're on the path? Mm-hmm. This is your this is your reminder, keep going. And were they implanted by your higher self a million years in the future? Mm-hmm. Or were they... Are they from your other self, these instincts? Are they mm. from uh, a guiding team, mm. spirit guides? Are they from your spirit guides that are watching over you? And mm. there are so many books and stuff that you could read on all of this and so many mm. people have different perspectives. But I think it's a collective. I think it's a collective of that and you'll have guardian angels, you'll have these spirit guides that just look over you and then you've got your higher self which is trying to look over you as well. Um do you believe the future and the higher self is malleable? Can you change the path? Can you go this off is, it? This is such interesting because I was talking about this just last week with one of my mates mm. and we were having a deep conversation about uh, predeterminism and fatalism, mm. right? And so the idea that everything or then you've got quantum possibilities and free will. So it's un- and we was, we, I think we came to the idea of like it can't be proven right now. Like, and even if you could, like, how would you, like, because then there's the idea that I was listening to Osho, right? And he was saying fatalism can be, it can, is a spiritual sickness. So his idea is that fatalism is a spiritual sickness because the idea with fatalism is that you're going to die on this day by a fire, right? And so then you know about this. Now you run, you drive away from that direction where you're going to die. And then you, instead of dying by like this, heat pressure at a, at a working at a manufacturing plant you now hit a fuel tanker and 
you explodes and you burn to death or to mm. say you, you don't even drive away but you know about it and then uh, um, you don't go to work anymore well then your house burns on fire and mm. so it's this idea in fatalism is that your fate is your fate and you can't avoid it and then it, and then that I get it because what Osho says is that it's a spiritual sickness because it takes away your independence mm-hmm. and well. it it takes away your free will and takes away your authority. And you're like, well, what's mm-hmm. the point? I'll just be passive and I'll just give up. Mm, I agree. So I agree with that too, right? And mm. I don't know, what do you think? What Do you think that there's this idea that there are certain things that we can connect into, like a destiny that is written, or is it up to us to continue to follow the breadcrumbs so we can, it's a possibility, but it's not a guarantee? I think possibility, not a guarantee. I think there's, like looking at the quantum perspective of so many different potentials, so many different possibilities and timelines, right? Yeah. And each of these timelines are available to us in each decision that we make in our life. And what decisions we make take us into different timelines. There's so many different Mm. kind of multidimensional parallel realities, all of these things going on. So maybe we're experiencing all timelines all at once at the same time. That's probably what I think. I think we're experiencing all elements of these timelines. But if we're talking about this now reality, this now moment on Earth, I don't think that everything is predestined for us. I think there are moments in our life that could or could not happen based on the choices that we make. And I believe that the future is very malleable and the higher self is also very malleable because in the sense that the higher self, right, is kind of above all timelines. Mm. It's not in any timeline. It's above all timelines, kind of watching over all timelines. It's got to that point in its evolution that it no longer needs time to make Mm. sense, to understand things. It's an observer. Like we have the observer within ourselves. We have the observer of our timelines. And then that could be in a sense where this higher self is like, okay, seeing these timelines unfold, And that's where we have things like spirit guides that are sent into us in this timeline to support where we're going. Because, of course, I believe for our soul, the whole purpose is growth, right? So Mm. the higher self who is observing these timelines wants us to move in the direction that is of our highest, that is of our best growth in this lifetime. And that's Mm. different for everyone, dependent on your soul, and Mm. how long your soul's been around or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And this is not certain. This is just my opinion. If your soul's been experiencing things for a long, long time, the type of growth that you're you're wanting to experience in this lifetime is going to be a lot more complex maybe than someone who is maybe just going through life to experience the, the challenges of life and to grow their soul in that way. They may never awaken in this lifetime. And who's Mm. to say that that's not part of their thing? So I think there's like an element of what's supposed to happen, but how that unfolds, how that happens Mm. is very, very malleable. I was actually reading this book on shamanic dreaming and there was this element and it was a story um, that someone was telling about one of the clients that had been participating in this shamanic dream circle. And she went into a dream with, with, um, with a spirit guide in the dream. And she had a ticket for a plane And the purpose of the dream was not necessarily about this, but the guide took her in a slightly different direction first. And the ticket had a deadline date on it. And he was like, that's representing your death. But don't worry, it can be changed. And they walked through different terminals. And then she saw herself in one terminal about to eat a burger. 
And she said to herself in that terminal, don't eat that burger. Because she had this like knowing in her, like not to eat that burger, because that would be what resulted in this death. And then the, the timeline thing, the due date on the card, her airline ticket changed to a later date in the future. Damn. Because she like took herself from experiencing that thing that would have experienced that death. So I think if we actually are cultivating that level of awareness and growth within ourselves, if we're being called to this path, then we can interfere with these things. Amen. I definitely think that it's malleable. I don't think, I don't believe in that makes reason. That makes a lot of sense. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And that's sort of the other element too, which is like on that quantum element, which mm. ties in with like uh, the quantum quantum particle theory and or the quantum wave theory or the many worlds interpretation of the double slit experiment right and that quantum everything is just quantum particles in matter and we're just we're just dense matter of dense particles right now slowed right down so you could see us like everything is mm -hmm. but everything out is just like charged at a certain at a high frequency so we can't see and it hasn't come together right? it hasn't binded and so if i look at this crystal that's just like quantum particles coming together mm -hmm. to bind to bind in a particular way and has a t particular expression and so the the quantum possibilities is that if you even if you look at this flame like this i did this in my course the other day mm -hmm. so i'm just going to bring this little candle here right Cute. and now that flame you watch the edge of that hmm. like watch the tip and the tip just wherever it it, it, it will never see the same flame twice you'll never mm -hmm. see the same flame twice It'll always change shape, width, height. The point will be different. The color will be slightly different. And so the idea with this is, is that the, the, the flame, which is a very much a spirit energy, right? Like you think about mm. that, like it's just, it's such an interesting element. And so the fire, the flame is finding a pathway of least resistance. It's finding its best pathway in that moment. And the particles, as you observe them in the double slit experiment, can either become a wave or a particle. And it depends on where we're, how we're observing it, how we're measuring it. And so there's heaps of theories around this of like what collapses the wave function, what type of observation collapses the wave function. And it even they even do this other one, which wasn't, it was the double eraser experiment on the double slit experiment. So you can go on YouTube this. And the eraser experiment is, the quantum eraser experiment is that they've, they've got, they're shooting two particles into this fluorescent screen, but it hits this crystal and then a couple of them split off into this other measurement device. And so what they're trying to measure is um, how, because what happens is, I'll, I'll go back at a step. In the double slit experiment, you've got a board. Have you, do you know about this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad yeah. used to tell me about it when I was younger. I didn't really understand oh, what he was talking about at the time, but <laughs> he's always interested the in the quantum. <laughs> That's the science for you. That's the now science I for confuse, you, Now I confuse him with, like, my links of quantum spiritual. He's like, you're losing me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he set you up for that, right? Like, that's mm. the beautiful thing. He set you up for this. Totally. He set me up for fascination with, like, the unknown and beyond and all of this. Right, right. And so now if we think about the double slit experiment, you've got a, you've got a board with two slits in it, and now at the back you've got a fluorescent screen. And so these slits, uh, uh, electron, so just one electron gets sent through and it, they're trying to measure which slit it goes through. But what happens is when they're not measuring it, it just goes, it finds one slit and it goes into the, to the back of the screen. But what happens over time as you keep shooting these through, it doesn't just go have two slits on the back screen. 
it has it has multiple and it's like this grid pattern lines and so what they've realized like how is that possible if we've only got two slits and we're shooting something in here for them to create more multiple lines and so like well let's let's set up these devices behind that and let's measure which hole they come through okay cool now we turn these on and as soon as they turn them on the quant the, the particle goes through one side and now at the back over time you've just got two slits so it was if it was it was if it knew that it was being measured or something in that device actually changed its pattern so it went from being in a wave pattern to being in a to just being a particle and so they were like okay well let's try and trick this and they set up this eraser experiment to erase the observation so they set up this crystal and it was like they had it in the past, right? So this would be the board, but they had the the measurement device in the, it would technically be in the past. Mm. And so it was set up through these diversion mirrors and everything. And how it basically works is when they, when they saw it landing in here, the particle was like, yep. Okay. So the, the, the little electron was a wave here, but then when it got measured in the past, or in the future, technically, in the future, it changed what happened on the board. <laughs> so the future changed the past, <laughs> which is crazy. And they were like, <laughs> what happened? Because this is what they saw on the board and then it got measured in the future and then the board changed. So this whole idea with quantum possibilities and like fatalism and predeterminism is I think largely when we understand that we'll understand is when we when when someone cracks the idea of what's happening in the quantum realms with mm. quantum physics. What do you think? I think it's too soon right now. Honestly, like I think we haven't cracked it right now because it will send people in a in a in a spiral. It will send them crazy. <laughs> I sometimes send them say crazy. if I'm crazy when I'm learning new things, you know. So can you imagine like? <laughs> I'm like, have yeah. I fully fucking lost the plot or like am I just discovering <laughs> way more de depth than I think that there is? But like it's the excitement. I totally right? relate. Like we can't be we can't be scared of that craziness, you know? We can't be scared of feeling that fear and feeling that sense of have I lost the plot because it's like that's what the unknown is completely. Mm -hmm. It's complete you can have these theories, you can have these ways of looking at it and seeing it and interpreting it and experiencing it. And when you experience mm. it and you know the truth, right, you you may have experienced, sometimes I experience things and I'm like, is that real? Like, am I imagining this or is this real? Mm -hmm. But you have to accept it as truth. Like Carl Jung says, it's like being on this razor blade of like between insanity and genius, right? And you've got to mm -hmm. walk it. You've got to walk it with such precision that you don't fall off into either because you fall off into the genius and you get so caught up in your work and you're like mm. obsessed with making it work. And some people like do end up there. I, I consider Joe Dispenser as someone who has ended up there and someone who is a complete genius in what he does. And that's his, mm. his path and stuff. But the most of us, we want to experience this life and we want to experience this world. And mm. it's got to be this like really balancing between full insanity and full... Mm -hmm experience of being a genius in what you do and i think grounding is one of the most important things that we can do and integration right not just like 
diving into all these spiritual practices and these concepts and all these things. But it's like, how do we integrate them after? How do we bring them into our day-to-day -day life? How do we make them relatable to the things that we do every day? But also, when you feel crazy, just know that it's like you hit in the edges, like we spoke about earlier, of your matrix of your limitations. And that's a fucking cool place to be because you get mm -hmm. to go beyond yourself and beyond the perception that you currently hold of your life. And that takes, like we said earlier, that faith and that courage to do that. So my way now is like, if I'm feeling crazy, I'm like, this is just part of the pattern. There's such a collective pattern, right? It's yeah. a collective of anything against the norm is crazy. You know, like you yeah. said earlier, just going traveling and leaving a job that was seen as crazy. And that's not anything like spiritual or esoteric or whatever. That's just a, a jump, a leap that you want to take. You want to travel the world, mm -hmm. the world. But anything that's not the status quo, not the norm is seen as crazy, is seen as like, unsafe or whatever so when you feel like this crazy element come in and this madness come in just ground yourself don't mm. lose yourself in it because if you lose yourself in thinking that you're crazy that will be the pathway to insanity because you will just i'm crazy oh my god i'm crazy and i have these moments and i have to be like no 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 this is what i experienced this is real this is so real i know in my heart that it's real what i'm experiencing i know with my faith that what i'm experiencing is real so I can trust that this is okay. Mm. And I'm supposed to be experiencing this in this moment to learn something or to integrate something or to receive a blessing. And that's when you have to ground yourself so that you don't fall into this trap of like, oh God, I'm crazy, shutting the doors, but also being become obsessed with it, attached to it, mm. right? Oh my God, I've discovered ayahuasca. I'm going to go tell everyone now to do ayahuasca and I'm going to do you know, 30 trips in 30 days or, you know, all of this. Thing. It's like, don't attach or the only way that I can make things happen is if I go to an ayahuasca ceremony every month. It's like, they're not all, mm. not even ayahuasca doesn't even have to, have to be that bit. It's even like a codependence on, on therapists or codependence on, yeah. Yeah, on, on mm. different guides and mentors or different practices, you know, people that are obsessed with astrology is the only way, like all of these elements, right? And I've, I know this because this has been my journey of like really falling into to the rabbit holes of this is the answer, this is the answer, this is the answer. And it actually like that is the journey to, to falling into the insanity side of it because you're so attached to the modality and the concept and you're not actually just grounding yourself in, okay, what have I learned from this? What do I need to integrate from this? Mm hmm amen amen codependence is a big one i love that and the craziness like mm. I, you had those moments where you just say am i crazy because mm. what was your normal for so long is now no longer your normal exactly. exactly and and that's growth that's personal development that's just mm. that's just evolution of a human spirit it, we we are learning so much and we've never been i've never been at my age before right now right so i've never done this and next tomorrow i've never done that and I've never done the next day. I've never done next year. I've never done that mm. age. People have done it and they can give you some advice, but they're never going to truly have your experience. So when you go and learn these new things, just trust that what you're learning is amazing. But the word is codependence because we have this attachment to certain, we, we easily develop this attachment to certain things mm -hmm. that we think are going to save us or make mm -hmm. us better, but it's just the experience. Mm -hmm. Like, there is no goal in life. Life is the goal. 
like life that. is the goal, right? Like life is to experience it fully, to live intensely, mm. to live intensely. So many of us are are, live, are, are, um, are living to not lose. Mm. We right. are so scared. Yeah, we're, we're living to, to survive. We're living not to thrive, to survive. And there will be times where people don't, there will be so many people that don't need to hear what we're saying right now, but there'll be Mm -hmm. the odd person that just like really gets it, understands it. And they're the people that are meant to crack open their codes. So there's no needing to like convince anyone that this path, because that's what happens. Like you go down this new spiritual path. I went down the whole veganism path and I'm like, Mm everyone's life can change right now if you just do these things mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. things were just meant for you this is your exactly. experience and when you're fully embodying that and you're just fully experiencing it yourself in a grounded way because the grounding is very important as you can just go you think oh yeah i've got this man your little weak mind could not even handle like one sixteenth of the potency of the real physical reality, like to see the truth. Like when you're waking, when you're waking up, you can't even see a 0.001% of the truth of our reality because it would just send you, it would just derail you. Then you'd you would be, be you'd have a <laughs> yeah, you would, you would have a psychotic awakening. Like you would have like that, which is huge. A lot of people have those, have hit psychosis when they go into mm. have their awakenings because they're not grounded. Mm. Um, because the propensity of this reality and they call that existential like when you have an existential crisis you're like oh my god what is this what is that what is this and i've had those before when i've gone deep it's intense yeah it's a lot (laughs) yeah it's draining as well and like you said that's why grounding is so important and integration as well after discovering new depths of yourself integrating what you've learned yeah hundred percent like that integration without healing healing can't happen without integration mm-hmm. and integration for those people who are wondering what that is integration is taking time to to not like okay i've healed this thing next thing to heal healed this thing next thing to heal healing's nothing without integration you need the time to actually fully process it in the body the body takes time it's mass it's in 3d it's in it's in time and space so it needs time to catch up Whereas when we're in our mind, intellectual mind, we can break we can break time and space. So we have the ability to do that, right? We can go back to the future. We can go to the past. We can go back to the past. We can go forward to the future, and we can conjure up realities and imagine them and do all this. So our mind can break those realities, but our body takes time to catch up. And I've actually been talking about this a lot lately. Is like how manifesting takes time. Like the idea that you've got all your goals and desires. And you're, you know, doing all the healing work. You're, you're working out on all the stuff, and you're changing. You're, you're elevating your vibration. You're working through your patterns. You're shifting through your inner child, your emotions, your, your past pain. Now, all the things that are longing and calling, you've been calling in. That takes time, and your timeline might be a little bit different. Mm. And so, you got to think about all the matter in Earth that needs to come together to create what you want. It doesn't just happen like that in our mind because our mind sees it and it's like, yes, there it is. But that takes time to, to transfer and, in, and for the, the, this reality to interpret it, to bring it together. Do you think that manifesting is a thing then? Do you think we can consciously create things? And do you think yeah. we con- consciously should create things? Because we spoke about this a few times and 
it's a balance, isn't it? Like, do we want to consciously mm. create? How do we consciously create? And how do we do that in a way that lets go of attachment to those things, mm. right? Like, or do we just allow? Do we surrender? Where is the balance there? I've had a full, I mean, you've been on this journey with me. I've had a full circle mm. around this. And so oh, I've had a few realizations. Going, <laughs> you know what yeah. it's like on this path, like one minute. It's like the whole journey and healing is not linear. You're like, woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to go. You got to go back to mm. backtrack a bit. Go back and go, yeah. what was I talking about there? What was I learning here? Now, how do I feel about it here? So the idea with manifesting really took a, I was like, uh, I don't know about this business mm-hmm. for a while. Um, but yes, the reality is we are, we always, we're always manifesting, but Mm -hmm. only 5% of the time it's conscious. Yeah. 95% of the time is unconscious. And that's where Mm -hmm. our subconscious programs, our, the -hmm. things that are deep in our psyche that trigger us, that, you know, um, give us impulses, give us aversions. These things are constantly working in our reality so the mm. idea is that we don't only attract what we think mm. we also attract what we are mm. deep down so our mm. patterns will manifest a situation in front of us our patterns will decide whether we get that job or not because our patterns said we don't worthy of that we don't have enough self-worth for that or we don't feel good enough to do it we doubt ourselves so your patterns are always manifesting what you are now there's tension in your life there's if there's something that's chaotic in your life your your energy brought that in and so if we focus and take full responsibility for our energy the manifestations clean up and you get closer into what your calling is down here Mm. so when we want it and when we know what we want we know what our calling is our heart-based desires this is our truth this is what i've been teaching just this past week actually flow which is getting into our authentic codes our rhythm now how do we know what that is that we're well, how do we know what we're trying to attract is or trying to manifest is connected to our heart or is connected to our ego mm. our conditioning and we want this job because it well we want this say lifestyle because it gives us validation from people mm. because deep down you feel rejected and abandoned and you don't belong anywhere and so now you you want this because it gives you that wholeness inside or what happens if you plugged, if you worked and healed on that wholeness, would you still want that thing? Or was it always, was that always out of alignment? Because quantum possibilities say that's a lot. You can go there, but you just might not be fulfilled by it. And if, you, if you're not fulfilled by it, well, then you're probably going to end up going down like 30 years down the track and then find another path that take, it's going to take you down another path. So the, the, the thing I love about healing is that when you when you heal, you get closer to your codes, closer to your truth, closer to your authentic expression, and then you feel the body. Then it guides you. Your instincts pull you. Your longings come forward. Your callings come forward. You see the signs and synchronicities because you're in alignment. You're in your rhythm. And now when you attract, when you think stuff, you're like, that's what I feel in my body. I want that. Mm. And it just And it's like everything comes into alignment mm. for you people come together opportunities come yeah is that where the surrender element comes in do you feel like in in the surrender element i feel like the surrender element is more so around you can only control certain things and so that i say like you can only can control three things your thoughts your actions and your attitude Right, So anything outside of that is where we try to control and we find that we pull ourselves out of our flow, out of our rhythm. Mm. Trying to control the outside. Yeah. 
it's everything outside of us. We try and control someone else's actions, try and control mm. someone else's thoughts, try and control someone else's, or we get upset about someone else's attitude as if to say that is like really impacting my life, but it's not. It's if you just trust and let that go and separate yourself from them and say that's their journey, not mine. Yeah, you might have to learn a few lessons about standing up for yourself if they've got a bad attitude towards you. There's a whole other element to this. You've got to learn stuff in life too. But that whole situation was brought in by you in the first place for you to just realize so many lessons to detach that situation. So surrender is like just letting go. I'm seeing like, you know, we spoke about earlier this whole idea of like that there's time here, that things are slower here. Do you think there's Mm. also a delay in which we see in our reality? So, for example... Mm. If something's coming up like that chaotic energy, for example, that you said, obviously, somehow we've brought that in. Do you think there's a delay there in how we bring that in because of the mm. time element that we have in our reality? So so explain it for me again. So you, mm. the delay, how does the delay so, sit? So say, for example, last year we were experiencing something that was very chaotic And then now we see something appear in our reality that represents that kind of chaoticness that we experienced last year. And I always get this sense in kind of like in this reality, right, with time where things are slower because of the mass that we are, then isn't there almost a delay in almost the things that we experience as well than what's showing Mm. up in our reality? Do you see what I'm saying? (laughs) This is deep. (laughs) This is deep. And so what, how does this have meaning for you? Meaning for me? Yeah, like where do, so, so what has this had meaning for you in your life in this delay? Let me think. So I can think everything I was experiencing last year was things that had, I'd experienced probably the year before was showing up again in my reality in a way that was like creating a lot of chaoticness in my life at that time. And I was Mm -hmm. like, but things that I had really kind of healed to an extent, but then they came back to be kind of almost dived deep into. And it was creating this sort of tension and chaoticness Mm. in my reality. So, and then when we were speaking then, I think it, obviously I didn't realize until you brought it up, but obviously it linked it back to this moment of like, is there this delay in everything that we experience in the sense that what we were kind of going through maybe last year or last month, because everything is in this moment, right? It can kind of come back in Mm. later than we expect because of the way in which time happens and in this 3d reality it takes time for it to come down do you know what i mean yeah yeah i see what you mean Mm -hmm. and and so that i see see what you mean i understand so here's sort of what i've been sharing a lot lately Mm -hmm. with the people in my group which is the energetic loops Mm -hmm. and so the year before you feel you felt the chaos right Mm -hmm. i would have said you didn't truly feel the chaos that the mm-hmm. chaos was almost like pushed aside or you mm-hmm. only touched okay. a little bit of it. And, then and it so now, and it's a loop. Mm-hmm. So until, so in mastering a field, when I teach this, it's like the first part of it is, is tension. And yeah. if we've got tension in our life, 
they're going to create we're, and we're going to respond to them. Well, we're going to react mm. and project from them in very different ways. But when we become aware of the tension and we break the, because the, the projection and the reaction that we have determines if the loop stays in, in, in cycle or not. Mm. And so these energetic loops are just energy cycling back into your field. So mm. I've got this, say, say I've got this tension for like, I want to react. Um, I, I get, I feel like people are, I'm passive aggressive. Just say I'm passive aggressive. And so if I don't realize that I'm passive aggressive at certain situations that trigger me, then the passive aggressiveness stays. And so the situation that keeps triggering the passive aggressiveness comes up, comes up, comes up. And so year two, what happened with you was it keeps coming up, keeps coming up. And it's just tension in the field. So there's a process to break that. The biggest part of it in, in, in a nutshell is like you've really got to feel it. Mm. And you've got to tune into it, and then you can do some hypnosis oh, yeah, or whatever around that. Did, definitely did that last year. Yeah, <laughs> right. Proper field. It. Yeah. So it's kind of, in a sense, it's not so much a delay, but it's just more a repetition of the thing in your reality through different, different yeah. characters, different people, different situations, and almost yeah. like you know, sometimes we might go through a period where we're not seeing those things triggered until it comes along, yeah. gets re-triggered again through that person. It doesn't mean yeah. we're necessarily attracting it from who we are now but we're attracting it from this kind of energetic loop is that right yeah 100 percent. and so take responsibility for what's in your field Mm. you'll break the loops is a big part of it and 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 that's literally how i've changed my life i've taken everybody in your field or do you use the people that you're tension by tension Tension, yeah yeah Mm. tension Mm. so but if there's also something because on the other side is if there's people that in your in your field that or things that inspire you it's Mm. also confirmation of you of course yeah so there's sorry carry on so it's like there's there's the people that trigger you a confirmation of you the people Mm. that inspire you a confirmation of you it's all you Mm. it's all you but if you just see someone in your field that you have a neutral relationship with or whatever it may be it's kind of just like that's just their experience in your reality. So say they're going through some really big turmoil in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, say right now we were speaking and you were telling me about all the turmoil that was currently happening in your life and I was listening to you but I didn't feel triggered by it, then that's not an expression of you or that still is an expression of you because it's in your field? It's still I'm going really deep. Still, it's still an expression. Like, even if it's not triggering you. Yeah. So in that situation, you've also got to listen. If it's not triggering you, it doesn't mean it won't or it might not mm. because, I mean, you just got to listen. But what am I saying to you? There's a message in there. There's a message in there. It's still you. So your field, now this is what I do. If I'm healing in my group right now, all the shit that comes across, not the shit, but all the things that are said that, that comes across the table to me in my group, I ho'oponopono it. Yeah. I do self-identity ho'oponopono and I say, thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Because what happened in me was my unconscious put this in the collective for you to experience it. And I apologize. I apologize to the divine for forgetting that that was a part of me. But that person is still experiencing it, right? Yeah. And guess what happens? Mm. Something miraculous happens. They, they stop experiencing it. Mm. So there's a book called Zero Limits. Uh, where Dr. Hugh Lin, who learned this from, uh, Shima, uh, well, he he learned it from a Hawaiian shaman, and she mm-hmm. travelled around the world teaching this, and then he learned it. He's a doctor in psychology, 
he was like, this lady's crazy, but something kept him studying with her for like four years and going to her workshops. And it was like the fifth year where he finally realized she's, she's not nuts. And now he went around teaching it and he was working in a hospital um, in Hawaii, the state hospital there in the psychiatric ward where filled with criminal, criminally insane patients. This place was so toxic that people had like the, had the, the employees, the social workers didn't want to come to work. They had the highest sick leave. Mm. they couldn't even put a plant in the building because it would die. The paint was peeling off the wall. They'd paint it, it would peel off the wall again. It was just toxic, mm. filled with dense energy, right? And so he went in there and he didn't see a patient for the whole time he worked there. He would grab their files, take them to the office, and there's a, recounts, there's other people that work with him that, that have talked about this and they share it and they say, yeah, he didn't see a patient for the whole time he was there. Mm. He would come to meetings late. He wouldn't show up on time He would he, and he wouldn't like pay attention, but he went to his office with the case files and he did, he did self-identity ho'oponopono. What's in them is in me. Mm-hmm. So he took responsibility for all the stuff that's come up and he looked inside himself and said, where is this in me in some way? Mm-hmm. And then he did the ho'oponopono and he just kept doing that. And guess what happened? The whole ward shut down. Mm-hmm. The ward is no longer available now. It's no longer there. People that were being restrained and heavily medicated were taken off their meds and released. Mm. They walked free because this, and when I see homeless people now in the streets, because it's heaps here, um, when I see them, I see them now as like they're holding on to the, they've, they've connected to the collective shadow. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's almost like. They're working out our crazy. Yeah, that's what, that's what it is. It's like you're also. Because you're contributing to the collective unconsciously all the time, then you're contributing to their suffering as well because they're taking it on. I love that perspective. I I wonder what you think about the perception or the concept that, because I know you spoke about this in terms of like boundaries and things like that, the idea of people like projecting onto you and the idea that you need to have boundaries around the people that are projecting onto you. What is your perception of that? You don't need boundaries. The boundaries, the boundaries are just a place to ignore you. Like you just ignore you. If the moment you put up a boundary, you're just ignoring the opportunity that came to heal you. Mm. Boundaries are temporary. You waste your energy. You just need to find your voice. If it, like, there's certain things. Okay, so first thing is, you've got to learn what that person is triggering in you. So then you find that within you. You find the tension. You feel the tension because that tension was yours in the first place. They came. You don't feel triggered by it, though. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just yeah. trying to really dig into this. There will bit. be, there will be an element of if you need to put up a boundary. There's an element of discomfort, mm. right? Mm. There's an element of discomfort. So you got to feel what that discomfort is. So otherwise, you wouldn't need a boundary. Because if me and you, I don't need a boundary for you. What do I need no, a boundary no, for you totally. for? You don't trigger me. We get along well. And so there might be people that you need a boundary with that sort of just have some sort of thing that rubs up the wrong wrong way, right? Yeah. So, but there's also, we we don't learn the lesson until we're ready to learn the lesson. So I always say, don't learn the lesson from a wound, learn the lesson from a scar. So not forcing yourself to like go into it. Mm. Otherwise you're bypassing it. It's not boundaries in a sense, it's cultivating a sense of safety for that process to unfold in the natural way. Well, it's a it's reducing your proje- yeah totally, but it's reducing a projection and a reaction in the moment, because the projection and the reaction keeps the loop happening. It's an energetic loop keeps happening, keeps happening, keeps happening. Mm. So 
your boundary is great, but you're going to have to spend all your energy putting up your boundary, keeping it there, making sure bloody Sally doesn't treat you like shit. Well, Sally's only Sally's only um, working on your own level of low self-worth because you feel like you're a piece of shit because someone else made you feel like a piece of shit in the first place. So if you work out what the tension was in you in the first place, you find that there's a process to it. You find that tension, you heal that, Sally goes away. Is Sally really doesn't bother you. a bad person in your life called Sally. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just use Sally. Poor Sally. Uh, uh, but I've had some bad people in my life that, you know, mm-hmm. you do this process and eventually they don't, they're not there anymore. And so they're all leaving. And then so the other element to this, Emma, is lessons. Mm-hmm. The lessons mm-hmm. in your life that you need. And there's four things. There's two things and then each section has, under these two things, have two areas. This is called the fielding method. This is the method that I've created. So... The first, the two things, there's two reasons why people come into your field. Unfinished business or cause and effect. Unfinished business is an opportunity to grow. Cause and effect is a, is the sacred mirror reflecting back your actions. It's, like, it's your consequences, right? So now we've got to look at, okay, well, you can have a section underneath this. There's two in each. So under unfinished business, you've got alignment, which is a, an opportunity for you to align to your highest truth. So you might need to find your voice. You might need to stop being a people pleaser and actually tell Sally to back off, mm-hmm. you know, in a kind way. Or then there might be an old vibrational issue where you were bullied as a kid and so now you're a people pleaser and now Sally takes advantage mm-hmm. of you. So now mm-hmm. you need to work out, you need to heal the vibration that was in you that was bullied. Mm-hmm. You need to work with that person as an inner child. Or now you go cause and effect, self or other. Self is this is what you're witnessing in someone else, what someone else is doing to someone else, you're doing to you. Mm-hmm. What someone else is doing in their life, you're doing to you. So that might be, they might be like a... Um, they might be overworkers and you're like, man, you got to stop overworking. They keep coming into your field. Overworkers keep coming. They're burning out everything. And you're like, what, are you, what is wrong with you? Mm. Well, because you're an overworker. Mm. Look where you're an overworker. Or now you might be treating someone else. Someone else might be, you know, oppressing someone else in their relationship and you're oppressing your partner in your relationship. Mm. So the, this is the method, the fielding method, where you can start to decode the universal lessons in your field. Mm. this is something you do consistently or is this something that you do when you feel aligned to like feel through it because of course there's also i'm intrigued as the aspect of do you just sometimes want to be in the situation without healing (laughs) yeah so it's a good point i i don't I've got a philosophy where it's like let life heal you don't go Mm. search searching for the healing Mm. And so life will give you situations when it's ready to, because otherwise we're just going to go searching for chaos. We're going to go searching for these opportunities, running bringing around them in. And, yeah, yeah, like running around. And do you think that sometimes like when you're observing your reality, right, say you're sitting in a coffee shop yeah. and you see, see things going on, right, and in that moment you might not be able to be, you might not be called to, for example, let life heal you in that moment, but you're like you really just clench onto these things and they might actually be other people's, kind of mm. projections going on, you know, and you're simply meant to just observe them, not from a space of attachment or healing from them. I'm at a mentally strong place now where I can see them as a projection of my reality. Mm. Now I say mentally strong because uh, for a while there, I didn't want to see this because it would like yeah, send totally. me down the existential path. Mm. And so, but now mm-hmm. I'm like, these guys are all just me. I'm player one. But you don't always have to heal in no, those moments. I just... Right? 
but I don't. You you inter you spend a day with me, mm-hmm. and you realize, like this is this is a lifestyle. Like I don't go around. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't judge people. I don't get mm-hmm. angry when things don't go wrong. I'm not a saint. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a saint, <laughs> but like, like it's just an ease in me because yeah. of this realization. It's an yeah. ease, you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I and I know you're the same, Emma. It's just a, it's yeah. just a flow. You're like ah, oh. you know. I was with my mate the other day, and you'll love this. I was with my mate, and he's mm-hmm. much. He's a pleasure to be around. And he didn't have, he, so he he had one percent battery left, and we needed to get a we needed to get a bike because we were doing geocaching, uh-huh. and we needed to get a bike, and he needed a code from his app, and he's like, "Oh, my phone's about to die," and I was like, "That's right, well, that's right, just keep going." And then like he got the he got the code, and he was about to put it in, and the phone dies, and he's ah, oh, my phone died, like that, my phone died, and I was like, ah. Oh. That's okay. Well, why don't we go to this crystal shop because it was right there. Why don't we go to this crystal shop? We'll have a look, get some get some stuff, and then I'll and then as we're walking, and he's like, "Yeah, let's do that." And as I was walking, I was like, "Oh, I'll log in. I'll download the app on my phone. Then you log in, and then we'll get the bike after." And he's like, "Oh, perfect." And then on the way there, we dropped this little marble which we picked up from a geocaching. We we're going to play in another thing, I put it in another one, and it fell in the in the hole of the doormat, and we couldn't get it out. And he's like. That's where it was meant to be. And I was like, that's where it's meant to be. And we just cruised. And we it. just cruised. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. me and him, it was this such, it was just so easy, so effortless. Mm-hmm. Like he was having conversations with people and he's like, what do you think? And he's mm-hmm. like, it's, in, it's this beautiful, he's a, such a beautiful man, Ryan. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a really, a real pleasure to be around and it was easy. Mm-hmm. And so that is this whole element of, you're in this game and your chaos doesn't have to be chaos. And if you work through your tension, you work through this, it becomes effortless. Life doesn't have to be hard. And some people might argue and be like, listen to this and go, that's a load of shit, but I'm living it. And you're, I know you're living it in many ways, Emma. Mm, yeah, totally. And I think we have to just allow ourselves to go into the depths of who we are and go into the depths of what the reality is of what life actually is that truth right that truth that we're scared to see we have to see it but like we said earlier in that grounded way see Mm -hmm. that truth but know that you can still experience life you don't have to run around stressing yourself out because in that moment something triggered you or whatever it's like there's a space for that and when you're ready and that space will be created for you by life and I think that's what's amazing about this journey is we've kind of, it kind of just comes in this really strange way where we're first looking for things or chasing things to make sense of things when in the end it's just awareness. That's the answer. That's all. That's all there is in the end. It's Mm. just awareness. Oh shit. We're an hour. Fuck. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't realize that went so quickly. That was awesome. That was a good (laughs) chat. That was a really good chat. I, th- I think if we finish on this, like for everyone listening, is like yeah, yeah, give a wrap, like, take away. Just su- surrender a little bit more to what you can control, and mm-hmm. whatever's outside of your three controls—the thoughts, actions, attitude—just let it go today. Let it go for the next week. That's what I've been doing. In my group, I guess I, that's an exercise mm-hmm. my group has been doing. So it's a good practice for us to all get into. Totally, and there's stages of this, you know. Like we have not yeah. just suddenly appeared at this part of our life. Like there's been a oh, lot man. of you know. So yes. you have to honor the journey that life has taken you on as well. And if that right now is experiencing challenges, that's okay as well. Amen. 
Amen. Lovely. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Take See care. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, you are at the end of the podcast, and congratulations because you are the small 1% that actually listens to this outro.